smoke. Which is really attacking. Um, what is it that you like about Red Hill Valley? Welcome to Radio Preschool. Just beside the road um, that goes before you get to the wood, into the woods, in the little red tent. What are you doing here? Um, I'm, um, we're doing some fun things this time, but the next time um, we're gonna um, actually like do the action when we're blocking the road that they're trying to build, the expressway. They want to build um, an expressway through the valley, and that's pretty. Bad. Well, I might have had like five hours of sleep, perhaps. Because I fell asleep and I got walking up when Daddy rolled when Madeline climbed all over me to the what to get the to steal the flashlight and pulled some more blanket away. And I hardly had anything on me. It was like this. Here at Red Hill Valley, it's very, very cold. Last night we even went under the hottest sleeping bags in the world. Our ones. <laughs> They're going to have stoplights, I think, oh, that's um, at the ramps. Right. So you walk down the sidewalk. Beside so there's going to be a sidewalk alongside the on-off ramps. Yeah. yeah. And then you walk on to walk up across the ramps when the light's right, I guess. Uh, and then you walk over the bridge. There'll be a sidewalk on the bridge. This is my understanding. Yeah. And then when you get to the other side, uh, you cross another ramp, and then you'll be in the valley. Oh so that's how people. That's what they're going to have to that's do. That's the access. <laughs> Heather just pointed out yarrow on the other side here, going by. <laughs> you can make tea out of it. Yarrow tea. So this is the trail, and what you're seeing here, in case you haven't encountered it before, are the tracks of the enemy here. Uh, this is the, uh, what do you call it, the backhoe thing that came through here, right? Backhoe? But it was Trans-Northern Pipelines. We were actually, um, Julie President and I were coming this way, and we could hear this loud noise and we came around the curve and, and suddenly this backhoe was rolling towards us. This um, this is sort of the limit of, of the road construction because if you go to the edge here you'll see that road construction there is a little more challenging. Yeah, it's a bit of a drop. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Drops uh, to the floor of the valley. <laughs> now for all those for all those folks who uh, really like the waterfront trail on a day like this, they're all out there right now. 
because they know that in about an hour it's going to be too hot to be on the waterfront trail. But here you can walk all day because you've got this lovely canopy all the way along. And most of this trail is, is shaded um, from the whole length of it. We're actually in an area of relatively new growth. This would have been uh, uh, farmland through here up until perhaps as late as the 50s. Yeah. And there is, if we get back in here, there's there's obviously uh, old orchards and things like that. There's some soccer fields just beyond here, which is Glencastle Park. And when they did the uh, the health, the air pollution study back in '98, and this was a pretty poor air pollution study, and they fudged the figures in a whole bunch of ways. But they nevertheless came up with a 96 percent increase in air pollution on those uh, soccer fields. But then they told the people who lived along the edge of the soccer fields that there would be no effect on their air. It would all dissipate after you know, 100 Straight meters up. from the... Yeah. Filtered by the soccer players. As you learned in school about diffusion, it just goes in one direction. <laughs> just down past this is where the uh, King's Forest archaeological site is, which is the Middle Woodland Iroquoian village, um, which they took 56,000 artifacts out of last fall. What, why was it called the Red Hill Creek? Where did Red where's, Hill... where's the Red Hill? Uh, there are several places that the Red Hills appear. It's Queenston Shale, and it's under, underlying much of this area. Um, between Queenston and uh, Barton uh, are the best outcrops of that. There's one right at Queenston. As you go over the bridge at Queenston, and you look uh, north down the creek, uh, on the left-hand side, on the west side, there's a, a big cliff, and you can see right in it. If you go further down, about halfway to, uh, to Melvin, uh, there's a really big cliff of uh, quite red rock uh, and there's more of it here on this side of King Street there's a, a big area in there just between Hickson and King um, what so makes that's the where red? it got its name hmm? what makes the red it's Queenston Shale and that's its that's its uh, color yeah and and the story is that the kids in the first schools along here used it as chalk yeah it would work so this creek at this point and I should have Glenn with me to do this properly, but it has something less than a cubic meter per second flow right now. Its base flow is, is, is lower than this. This is up a bit. Because we've had a reasonably wet spring, even though we've had not a lot of rain recently, although there may have been rain on the mountain yesterday. Even. But it's, it's under a cubic meter per second. It went over 100 cubic meters per second in the fall of 95. And it regularly goes to 20 or 30. Here. So this is a the reason is that this creek drains all of Hamilton Mountain from West Fifth area out past Highway 53 and almost to Highway 20. And uh, since we've built over most of that, paved it or put buildings on it, it's largely impervious. So when it rains, the water has nowhere to go except into the storm sewers and straight into the creek. And in fact, these creeks. City of Hamilton had a policy, and probably still does on its book somewhere, to uh, acquire these creeks uh, for stormwater conveyance. So that's the purpose of this in the municipal uh, lexicon. It's a storm sewer. It's, it's a, it's a uh, storm sewer, that's right. And uh, 
because you have these really rapid changes in the creek, and what will happen when that, this creek went to 100 cubic meters per second, it was back down to this level in 48 hours. It's a very flash, short watershed. It's only about flood. 20 kilometers long. Uh, and, uh, and it's paved. And it's paved. So it gets here really quick. We had, uh, we had a guy uh, in 95 when we did the biological inventory, we had a guy doing a bat study here. So we told all our ecologists and stuff that if it starts to rain, get away from the creek because it can go up really fast. So he was uh, netting in the middle of the night with, for bats. And it started to rain and he said, well, he said to himself, well, I guess, you know, I should pack up. I don't really want to get wet anyway. So he's packing up his nets and he hears this roar and he turns around and there's a storm sewer pipe, a big one like this, that a minute ago had nothing and now is three quarters full. It came out three quarters full because it's been collecting all the way along. coming down the pipe. Yeah, right. And if he'd been standing in front of it, he'd be in the creek and he might not have got out. You remember Bernoulli's principle from your high school physics uh, that if you combine, confine something into a narrower space, it'll move faster, the, the pressure increases. Guys who are building the road want to, want to put this thing through, uh, recognize that there was some portions of the valley uh, that are fairly nice portions of the valley, like the section we walked through here, uh, which the road isn't going to destroy. So they decided they're going to relocate the stream. And if you follow the map of the stream, virtually every patch of woodland that isn't hit by the road is going to have the stream plow through the middle of it. So the stream which we're going to see here isn't going to be here anymore if they proceed with this thing. It's going to be over along through that section there behind us. And for the entire length of the stream from the foot of the escarpment where the Bruce Trail Bridge is, for those of you who know that area, right down to the QEW, they're going to relocate the stream and that is 7,600 meters of new stream bed. And it's going to not only be uh, in a physically different position, it's going to be raised, and particularly in the upper portion, much narrower. Um, and the uh, fisheries people seem to be uh, not at all happy with this at this point, and they have to get fisheries to agree to it uh, before they get a fisheries authorization, which is why they're having so much trouble with this. And uh, that may go on for some time yet. The, the main problem that they have here is that this stream uh, is subject to significant flooding. So they have to try and find ways to prevent that flooding from getting worse, uh, as well as to address some issues that are already there. That's right, and it may flood the QEW. And if you think about how Red Hill moves, when it gets down to the QEW, it does a 90 degree turn and goes into the harbor. So making that turn you know, if you were in a car and you wanted to make a turn at 90 degrees, it's fairly challenging. It's the same thing for a stream. It's got a tendency to plow straight through. By doing the creek the way they're doing it, uh, the way they're planning to do it here, um, they will end up with a creek that's half a kilometer longer than this one. Fisheries is upset because they don't think the thing will work. Yeah. As a functioning fish habitat. As a functioning creek. Mm -hmm. yeah. They think so it'll just blow out and go back to the old one. You are listening to Radio Free School on CFMU.
<laughs> what are you doing, Ted? I'm blowing up a beach ball. In the hot sun. That's right. <laughs> Using Hamilton Air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're well, we just uh, brought some hot dogs over for the kids and uh, for everybody actually, if there's enough there. So, and, and I'm just going to give some uh, little lollipops out to the kids. In the hot weather, they need something to keep them cool off. Yeah. It freezes, actually. Yeah, it freezes, yeah. What's your name? Ed Heatley. There's my wife, Lois. I have a song I'd like you to sing with me. It's very appropriate for today because it's about weather. <laughs> I'm going to sing it several times so you can join in as you pick it up. It's a very simple tune, and it goes like this. Whether the weather be cold, or whether the weather be hot, we'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Try it. Whether the weather be cold, or whether the weather be hot, we'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Whether the weather be cold, or whether the weather be hot, We'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot. We'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. sense of the future of Hamilton is one where we change the way people see Hamilton. You know, I mean, the reality is, folks, let's not kid ourselves. If somebody currently in Vancouver, for instance, finds out they're about to be transferred by their company from Vancouver to Hamilton, 
There are people who think that they have just received the worst possible news they could ever hear, and that's because of the reputation. And I don't enjoy saying that. I don't enjoy it hurts me to say that. But I believe that's the truth. That's the way the country sees us. That's the way the continent sees us. And if we want to change that, then it's going to take more than just new emblems and new slogans and new lapel pins. It means, it means changing the decisions that we make day to day and earn that reputation. You know, it's not that much different than any one of us. You go through a bad spell in your life, particularly when you're younger, you get a bit of a bad reputation. It takes a long time to turn that around. You don't do it in one week. You do it decision by decision, action by action, and step by step, people begin to change their opinion of you, and in this case, of our community. And in my mind, a headline that says, Hamilton Paves Valley, feeds into the exact image that we're trying to change. That spells lose. That spells going backwards. That says giving up quality of life is the most important thing to us in the chase of the almighty dollar. Well, I don't believe that's our future. I'd like to see a headline where the rest of this continent stands back and goes, whoa, because the headline said Hamilton supports their environment. Hamilton supports the valley. Hamilton says no to paving paradise. That's the kind of headline we want. And my friends, it's not just the immediate quality of life. That's readily apparent. You make that point by being here today. The economics of our future dictate that we change our image. If we want people to invest here, we know that the future success for competitiveness sake evolves significantly around the ability for companies to hire and retain the skilled workers they need. There is a skilled workers shortage crisis upon us and it's going to get worse. We in Hamilton are so well positioned. We've got McMaster University, Mohawk College. We have Redeemer University College. We have unions like the Carpenters that have one of the most beautiful training centers of all North America to turn out the best Carpenters in all of North America. So we have that competitive advantage here in Hamilton. If we then turn around and provide a quality of life that is enticing to people, not only for themselves, but for their children. And they can see laying down roots and grandchildren and great-grandchildren laying down roots and building a future in a city that has that kind of quality of life. When you link that with the advantages that we have around the skills shortages, around our geography, our closeness to all the markets, we have so much. And here we are, dirtying our own nest. No one would suggest that we do this to Coots Paradise. No one would suggest that we would allow the harbor to be repolluted for any amount of money because it affects quality of life. Those of you that are here with your children, those young people that you're here, this is quality of life. This is when you can stop for a moment from the rush of every day and look around and enjoy the scenery, enjoy the fresh air. 
enjoy the love that you have in your immediate family and share in the love that other people have to, have to share. This is a compassionate community. This is a community that cares. Stopping this expressway makes that statement to the world. And if I become mayor, when this issue comes to the floor of council, I will argue with my heart and soul against it, and I will cast my precious vote against the expressway and in favor of the valley and in favor of a future for Hamilton that can be successful and that we can be proud of, and we can do it. And if we can't do it, no one can. The only ones that can stop us is ourselves. And you being here today is a major statement. And believe me, there are tens of thousands of people who are with you. If they're not here today in person, they're with you in their hearts. And they're with you in their minds when they think about what's good for the future of this city. So the last thing I want to leave with you is this. And please don't anyone take offense. But I need to say it because it's crucial. Peaceful protest is a hallmark of democracy. Peaceful civil disobedience is a hallmark of democracy. The emphasis is on peaceful. When that gets broken by anyone, and I know none of you would, but I'm imploring you to not only check your own actions, but others too. Wouldn't our opponents love for there to be damage at some point along the way, either to property or person? Because then they can change the dynamic about what this is. If anything, this valley stands for peace. This surrounding stands for peace. Hamiltonians stand for peace. As long as that's a mainstay of everything activists like yourselves do, then the message, believe me, is getting through and it's hot and it's sweaty today, but you're making an important statement. And there are, again, I have to say this to you, there are so many people out there who are thrilled that you're doing this and are supportive of what you're doing because they believe in a positive Hamilton. A Hamilton that says, you know what? We're gonna have a successful economy but the economy is there to serve the people, not the other way around. This valley is part of our heritage, it's part of our future, and if I have anything to do about it and you have anything to do about it, this valley stays for future generations to enjoy and you're gonna deserve a lot of that credit. Thank you, my friends, stay the course. It's been a long struggle, but we will win this fight. Thank you. We're told it's a waste of our time to care for the rest So just be self-obsessed and just hope for the best The masters manipulate most of the money The many get dregs while the few get the honey While in a rational voice so calm and so sure Is the cause of our shortfalls They accuse the Their profits grow more The more we know less The concern for the welfare Of our God's creatures Is abhorred as anathema In all its features At the same time These masters Feel they have a cross to bear To keep society Orderly and fair But if you're tall on justice And short on compassion Fairness is doled out In tight-fisted ration 
Only their abuses are blatant We must enliven our power that lies latent Let's not wait for a cold world of their making Power isn't granted, it's ours for the taking 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 Power isn't granted, so take it Um, what do you think about the idea of uh, stopping construction here? I think this is a good jumping point for it to get people in, in interested in it and then the, the real action will take place later on. But this is a really good jumping point to get people educated about it. I think it's really important to talk to the, uh, the neighbors yeah. around here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there might be an idea for the afternoon. Just going to start canvassing around and talking to some people, getting some of their views. Because the, these are the people right here who, who are going to be affected the most. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go canvassing? We should, man. We should yeah. go cruise around and see what people are doing. Let's go. See, see, <laughs> see what their ideas are. I'm Nobuko Mekmi. My name means to grow. Yes, not bad. <laughs> and why did you come here to the Rainbow uh, Valley protest? That's right. And to see people and to support this camp out because uh, we definitely don't want any constructions. Yeah. Have you been interested in environmental protection for a long time? Yes, yes, long time. And uh, actually, um, I'm Scott's wife. Scott received uh, this year's Environmentalist of the Year Award. Oh, wow. So I'm helping him. Um, we have our own campaign going through like a street corner rally every two weeks and we deliver the flyers to let the local people know we are going to stand out the corner with signs to protect the valley. Which corner? Um, every, every other week, different corner. All the city keep this grand nature, Red Hill Valley and the creek. We need a creek. Shouldn't cover up. In Hamilton. That's right. We have no more, nothing left. The open water, which is actually running. Right. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> okay, I was just saying that my name's Tina Di Clemente, and I think this whole thing with Red Hill Valley is is not a concern just for this part of Hamilton. It's bigger than that. It's it's it represents, I think, a whole direction as, as to which way Hamilton should be looking towards. And so building this expressway is just going to put this whole city on a certain direction towards more urban sprawl. And so that's why I think all of Hamilton should be concerned about this. It's not just a neighborhood issue. It's, it's much, much bigger than that. It's, it's about who, who really has power in the city and what direction we should be taking with the city. And that's how I feel about it. Who do you think really has power in the city? Do you think? Well, I think, I think, unfortunately, I have to say the, the ones who have uh, a vested interest in this uh, expressway, those are the developers and the people who own land uh, up on the east escarpment who are going to make quite a bit of money, I think, on this. Apparently, they're missing a bunch of permits. Yeah, they're missing up 14 permits that are still outstanding on this. And um, so the, the fact that the city is still proceeding 
when there's all these outstanding permits is um, very, I don't know, it's, it's a great concern to us. It should be. I mean, they're going to they're gonna come into this camp-out area in early August, and that's illegal. It's, it's illegal for them to do this kind of work. They don't have all the permits in place. And that the Niagara Scarpment is a world biosphere reserve, and they're totally undermining it. Oh yeah, I know. Putting a, just a huge gash through the escarpment. You know. There's no regard. There's no regard for this. Uh, for this, as you put it, this World Biosphere Reserve. It's um, because once the expressway's in, then it's just going to open up pressure on the escarpment even more for more development, more urban sprawl, and it's going to. It's going to just add to the pressure on the escarpment. Hi. Hello. No. Um. What's in it? Randy. Um, what is it that you like about Red Hill Valley? Oh, I think it's a beautiful valley. It needs a bit of work, but the wrong, they're, they're planning on doing the wrong kind of work. They're planning on putting an expressway down. We've got too many roads and too many cars already. We need better transit and better options for people so that they don't feel that they need to drive so much and definitely not drive through another uh, last free-flowing stream that exists from coming down the escarpment into the harbour. Precipice, unshakable faith in hit and miss. Market birds perched on the tree, one flies, the others flee. Ignoring rumors of malignant tumors. They say that this is for the best. We don't need poison tests, but let me remind you that when you were young you were a fish and were part of the when you were young you were a fish and were part of the when you were young you were a fish and were part of the world of the world of the world of the Contact Radio Free School at grassroots at hwcn.org or mail P.O. Box 19, 1280 Main Street West, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, L8S1CO. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs>